at the end of time. Thirteen. O'clock. Hey, you guys, what's going on? That <laughs> that intro, I know. I know. Every single time we watch it, we're like, God damn, that's a good that's intro. Yeah. <laughs> we're just constantly patting yeah. ourselves on the should back. should put your titties in it, though. I should have put my titties yeah, in it. Yeah, just have them pressed up against Well, the I, according to then you... Then you have a million hits. According to million you, hits. I have to have spinning titties, titties and everything. Yeah, yeah. Sp- spinning titties. <laughs> you know I'm going to come up with some dirty shit, man. You know I'm going to fucking come up with some dirty spinning. shit. Spinning... <laughs> There's nothing better. There's fucking nothing better, man. With things orbiting around them. <laughs> a gravitational pull. Yeah, like a gravitational pull. Okay. Gravitational pull of the titty. I mean, yeah. this are, are we going to be are we going to be able to like do a serious show yeah, or not? Of, yeah. I mean, you know, I can't be fucking around. Well, I mean, you know, it doesn't have it's to a be serial killer show. Seri- well, he's not. A, no, he's not a serial killer. Oh, that's right. Multiple personality. He, he's, kill he, well, he, um, I thought he killed some of them. That allegedly, okay. he's a rapist, Okay, is what he is, uh, but allegedly, he might have killed a couple people. Not the woman that he raped, mm-hmm. but a couple of other people, okay. allegedly. All right. I have to say allegedly. He's dead, but I mean, you know what I mean? I just uh, remember this case vaguely. I hadn't studied it. Jenny did all the study on it. Yeah, I watched, there's, um, if you haven't seen it, there's a four-part miniseries on Netflix which is called Monsters Inside the 20... What is it called? The 24 Faces? I think it's called The 24 Faces of Billy Milligan. And there's a couple of other kind of in-depth, like, YouTube videos about it. Like, Simon Whistler did one on Casual Criminalist that was, like, an hour long, and that was really good. I listened to that in the car. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of other ones on there. Not a huge amount. And Dr. Grande, who is uh, a psychiatrist who post stuff like pretty much every day I think and he's always like talking about whatever cases are in the news and he did one and he's great because he's like so he seems like so straight laced and he always has he has this very very deadpan voice so it's like he'll he'll be talking about the case and then like he'll make a joke but for a second you don't realize it's a joke because it's the same like monotone that he said the rest of the shit in and it's like for some reason that just tickles the hell out of me because it's like (laughs) that his humor is just like so fucking deadpan he never cracks a smile he never anything like that and it's just like so funny um let's see so <laughs> spin those titties. Yeah. Does Tom have a lactation fetish? Um, yeah. I don't know if you call it a fetish. An but, appreciation for it. But yeah, he does have a thing. Yeah. A thing for that. Yeah. There's just something about it's sexy as shit. Just the the life giving essence of the woman. <laughs> trying. To, you, That's you, right. You, we can do that. Shit. Nurturing you and trying to give you the nutrients. You know, <laughs> That you so, need to yeah. develop into a big people, into a though, big boy. Because all people, if you if you if you were breastfed, then all people have that concept. I think. And fucking, I've come across some of the videos of that where it's just focusing on that. Yeah, that's kind of hot, man. That's kind of hot. It is kind of. Yeah. In a weird way. If it's, remember that Japanese one where the dude was just massaging that girl. And yeah. That shit was spraying. Out. That was that was pretty fucking hot. No sex happened. It just kind of. I just thought it was. I was like, man, she can shoot far. <laughs> yeah, on a black pew, background pew, pew. too. Yeah, and I'm like damn. 
That's like, that's a, like that's, seven feet. That's our man. superpower. Yeah. <laughs> Spray it out like a damn shower. Head. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the fucking put your thumb finger on that. Man, I was we're, like, Jenny, do that. Jenny, we gotta That looks like it takes a lot of practice. Or I don't know. That might be that might be a natural talent. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Trey said it was spinning titties. I thought you said spitting titties. <laughs> no, I said spinning. Yeah, I did he said spinning. spinning. With things orbiting around him. Well, you know, that's the opening. reason he brought up lactation was because he thought you said spitting nah, titties. Uh, no. Spitting titties. Mm. It's funny that he mentioned that shit, though. My, uh, my uh, <laughs> gay muscle porn friend says, man, if you take if you take Nandrolone along with fucking Trend, you might lactate. And I was like, what? <laughs> so no, just said I mean, it casually, you, like yeah, that. You yeah, you, you might lactate. Might, yeah, I've lactated before on that, and I was just like with all that shit together, and I was just like, well, I won't be taking all that together. No more trend. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was just warning you. If you take those two together along with test, you could lactate. That's because I do it. You know, and I was like, so I, I almost was tempted to ask you making gay porn with that too. I Probably mean, you might as well. Might as well. Yeah. While while it's happening, you can take a break and dominate those twinks and shit. Because what he does, he just dominates twinks and shit but, you know. well you know so he does. Ben said was this episode planned or is it because you were talking about this multiple personality rapist scam thing the other day well we were talking about it the other day because um, somebody recommended this topic quite a while ago and even before I knew that there was a Netflix show about it so I wrote it down it was on the list I put it in the poll a couple times but it never won and then I put it in the poll this pastime and it won so I don't know if that had anything to do so like I said I actually did go and watch the Netflix thing about it Zach said uh, Jenny I need an opinion I'm doing a fan edit of a movie and I want to rewrite a credit in the titles but the titles were done in a custom font that's not available I don't know what to do um, I don't really know what to tell you man other than finding something like so similar that no one will notice or I mean I've been in that boat and uh, a lot of times I'm just like well fuck it I'm just going to start over like with my own font <laughs> But I guess you can't really do that. But either that or you could just, like, make it, like, really, really, really different. So you weren't trying to... Because I kind of feel like it's it's more noticeable if you try to make it look like the other one, but it doesn't quite look like it. You know what I mean? Zach said, reminds me of a story someone told about having a baby and their dog started lactating. Yeah, it doesn't That's just so it. interesting. Yeah, that doesn't... That's not that strange. Yeah, a female dog knows when a baby's born. Might need milk. I mean, you never know. She might think that's my baby. <laughs> yeah. My baby. Yeah. Yeah. Celtic Angel 73 is here. Hello. Hope everyone is doing yell. well. Ugh, I can't even fucking talk. This is going to be great, isn't yeah. it? This is going to be a long show. <laughs> no, it's not. But I mean, you know what I mean? Just I'm just having trouble talking already. And I'm not even drunk. I've had like a sip. Jenny, been working all day. We got up early this morning. Yeah, he got up the same time as me. Yes, yeah, so I was molesting you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. At 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I couldn't help it. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of got to get up because yeah, yeah, one, I got to get ready. I got to get ready to go to work, and two, I had yeah. some freelance shit I had to yeah. do like before I went to work. So that's why I had to get up. Shit fine. happens, people. Shit happens. Shit happens. It yeah. does. Uh, but yeah, before we get too much into the topic, I think I neglected to mention, but we did get a PayPal donation. Oh, did we? Oh, from good. someone named Jemison. Thank I you think very much. I, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I really apologize. Uh, but thank you very much for your generous PayPal donations uh, or Patreon or whatever the hell you want. Also to got David like, June's shirts done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it now. If David June is in the comments, I don't see him. I'm pretty sure I have his address somewhere, but it would be good if he would send it to me again, just in case. Yeah. Because. 
Who knows where I put that? Got two of them just like that. Yeah, two XL. There you go. Yep. Uh-huh. And I tried to put the I tried to put the emblem up higher. That way it's not in the center. Yeah. It looks better on you when it's higher. Zach said, now I'm wondering, could a baby survive off the milk from something besides a human? Yes. Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's that different. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a mammal, isn't it? Yep. Mammals they can survive are, off of cow milk. You yeah. might need some other nutrients, but I don't think dog would be a big difference. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think it would mm. kill you or nothing like that. I mean, it might not be, might be ideal, ideal but, it probably but it would probably work in a pinch, Yeah, I would imagine. Like I said, mammals are not really that different. Even Roman... Another. Even Roman legend said Romulus and Remus were uh, breastfed by a she-wolf, or was it a she-dog? I think it was a she-wolf. I think it was a wolf, yeah. Yeah, and they were I the mean, founders of Rome. It didn't happen, but yeah. they must have known that that sometimes happened. Feral children is what they're talking about. And that's actually happened in the modern era. Yeah, yeah. I think did we, we did a show about feral children, didn't we? Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. And I will say, too, I was thinking about this earlier because this particular case, the Billy Milligan one, there is a link to the Sybil case of multiple personalities, um, you know, which I'll get into in a little bit. And we did do a show about Sybil uh, a long time ago. I think it was one of the first, I mean, it was probably like in the first year that we started doing the show, we did a show about Sybil. And I think on that show, I can't remember it and I didn't have time to like re-listen to it. I'm pretty sure that we, because we talked about m what they used to call multiple personality disorder, now they call dissociative identity disorder, and it's still, to this day, a very, very controversial disorder with a lot of psychiatrists and therapists and stuff like that thinking that it doesn't really exist, and... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not trained in that or anything like that. But it does seem to me that some of the symptoms that it uh, presents as would be really, really hard to scientifically prove. You know what I'm saying? And I think when they have tried to, like, scientifically prove it, it's, you know, it doesn't, um, they can't really distinguish, like, between someone that, quote unquote, really has it or someone who's just faking like for the sense of, an, sense of an experiment. So we'll get into that a lot for this case because Billy Milligan was a case where um, he really did kind of, if you don't know, he's pretty much the only person in American legal jurisprudence or whatever that actually did successfully uh, argue, or rather his defending attorneys did, that because he had dissociative identity disorder, uh, that he was not legally culpable for the crimes he had committed. Now he did, he wasn't just like let loose in the street, not immediately anyway, but um, he was put in a series of mental institutions, like rather than being sent to prison. But that's always been like a controversial uh, diagnosis because no one is entirely sure. I don't think even to this day, and they kind of left it like on the Netflix documentary, this, you know, no one really knows whether he actually did have this disorder. And he was like, legitimately didn't know that this other personality had committed these crimes or whether he was just a really, really good con man. Um, I will say that if he was a con man, he was an exceptionally good one. Um, but as far as IQ tests and stuff like that, he did seem to be exceptionally intelligent, not like genius level or anything, but I mean like very, very highly intelligent. Like I think they said his IQ was 129 or something like that, which is, you know, a, a way above average. So 
I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm kind of on the I'm, I'm kind of on the side of he probably was faking it, but if he was faking it, he was like real committed to faking it because it went on for a long time, and he did it even when he wasn't. Um, because that's the thing. He for sure had mental health issues, and I don't think anyone is arguing that. I think what the controversy is is whether it was actually multiple personality disorder dissociative or whether it was something else he clearly had some mental health issues the issue is like what were they and was he aware that he was committing these crimes like you know was he not legally culpable for it but that's kind of like what the um documentary is about so the documentary which is four parts so it's like about four hours long and i watched it like over the last two or three nights it's um i kind of feel it's really good like parts of it are really interesting I kind of felt like it was a little dry, though, slightly, in parts. But overall, it was, like, pretty good and pretty interesting. But there are, like, some other, like, YouTube videos and stuff like that that are about it that are uh, also kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. Maximum Security Insanity Prison. Have you ever done a show on Francis E. Deck Esquire? I don't think so. Uh, Ben said it really depends if he developed his condition before or after his arrest. Well, yeah, and I want to get into that, too, because there is some controversy about it. There's been a book about him, um, that was actually written by Daniel Keyes, who also wrote Flowers for Algernon, which is, like, a really, really famous book. We all, I've read it in school, and I've read it subsequently since then, uh, and it's called The Minds of Billy Milligan, but, and like I said, there's a link to Sybil as well, because Sybil, the book by uh, Cornelia Wilbur, Dr. Cornelia Wilbur. That came out, I think the book came out in 1973, and then remember they had that TV movie with Sally Field? Yeah. And that came out in 1976. A long time ago, I was a kid when it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it so happened that the whole Billy Milligan thing, um, his arrest was in 1977, and, you know, multiple personality disorder was kind of very much in the... It was very trendy yeah. at the time. Because even before Sybil came out, I think you'd had that movie, like, The Three Faces of Eve, which was kind yeah. of about that as well, which was fictional, but you know what I mean? So it was very much, like, in the public consciousness at the time. So it could have been that he's like, oh, this is something that I could use to get out of responsibility. Like I said, I'm not saying he wasn't mentally ill. I'm not saying that he wasn't horribly abused as a child. It seems that he probably was. But... I don't, I don't know if I really buy that he didn't realize one of his other personalities was running around doing this shit. You know what I, I'm saying? I read Sybil. Like I a, did, too, a like long time ago. Like in 82 or 83. Uh, I, I think it was in Military Academy. And um, I thought it was a fascinating story. But the more I thought about it, I wasn't quite sure I bought it. Like, I don't think that actually happened. A lot of therapists don't. Yeah, I don't think it happened. It is in the... Um, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM, it is in there, but a lot of um, psychiatrists and stuff like that don't think it should be in there. So it's even nowadays, it's still very controversial. Uh, Kalon asks, can MPP, MPD show up on a brain scan? I don't believe that it can, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so controversial, is that you don't, one, it would be super easy to fake it. You know, yeah. that's one thing. And you can't like when they've done experiments where they, you know, would send different patients to therapists that had actually been diagnosed with it um, versus like just plants that were pretending. Um, a lot of the therapists couldn't tell the difference um, because there is no there does not seem to be any significant physiological changes between like when one person is like going from one personality to another. Um, 
there's really no way of proving that somebody has it. And some of the, I feel like some of the um, symptoms for it are kind of more associated with other, you know, pathologies, maybe. It was like narcissistic personality disorder, schizophrenia, something like that. And I kind of feel like that Billy Milligan, when he was growing up, like I said, he definitely had mental health <coughs> issues from a childhood, like even before he manifested any personalities or anything like that. Um, he was diagnosed with various, like, you know, schizo, schizophrenic yeah. type stuff and things like that. So he did have problems. With the Sybil case, though, the reason why I said I didn't buy it is I remember her telling stories about her childhood and her mom. And, so, and some of that shit was way outlandish. I don't think that could have happened to some of the stuff that she talked about in there. Well, as far as I know, um, the woman, Sybil obviously was not her real name. Her real name is yeah. Shirley Mason. But... <coughs> She apparently later on wrote a letter to the doctor that wrote the book about her, yeah. Cornelia Wilbur, and said, I made it all up. Yeah, I, th I, th I thought so. Yeah, see, because I remember we did a show about it. Now, yeah. Cornelia Wilbur, for whatever reason, either because she legitimately thought, oh, she's just saying that to get out of her treatment or whatever, or because she's like, hey, I'm writing a book about this and I'm going to be a millionaire. Um she didn't tell anybody. That was that was before that was before like fucking Geraldo and fucking Jerry Springer and shit. Before daytime talk shows were had gotten super fucking raunchy. So if you came out with a book like this, man, it'd be a smash hit because it's new to the market. I think it sold six million copies. Yeah. I think because it was wild. I remember reading it. Yeah, it was a and, crazy story. But I also remember that there was a lot of shit that I was just like I was astounded what she was saying about what her mom used to do. Mom used to walk around and, like, take a dump in the neighbor's front yard in the middle of the... Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. And all kinds of weird shit and, <laughs> and, and would fight with other people. And I was just I like, mean, people do do that, so yeah. it's not... I just remember that just the sum total of everything that was happening, and I was like, I don't think this happened. This this chick's tripping. I just, I just thought it was a book written by a crazy girl. I just thought... Well... It just sounded too outlandish, kind of like because what it, really what it was, it was like on par. Some of it, what I remember, looked like the seed that planted the satanic panic and the ritual satanic uh, abuse. It, it sounds well, like it came definitely. From I mean, it was more um, the satanic panic thing. Yeah. Mostly came from a book called Michelle Remembers. Okay, which was a similar kind of thing. But I that was, was where yeah. that was where they got into the whole like recovered memory syndrome, mm -hmm. where it's like people were going to therapists saying, you yeah. know, I fit. And I, the same thing happened with Sybil, aka Shirley Mason. Shirley yeah. Mason. She actually went to Cornelia Wilbur with other problems. She's like, oh, I'm you know having memory problems or you know blackouts, insomnia, things like that. She didn't say anything about having a multiple person. Personalities, but the more that she was in therapy, the more personalities came out. And it has been suggested, I don't know if this is true or not, but that Cornelia Wilbur, who was very interested in dissociative identity disorder, mm -hmm. aka multiple personality disorder, thought that maybe that's what her deal was and like gave her some books to read about it and stuff like that, which maybe planted the idea in her head. Yeah. So, um, I think, I think, so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a similar thing I to recovered memory I mean, syndrome, yeah. where a lot of people, you know, like, for example, Michelle Remembers, which was one of the things that kicked off the satanic panic, which we've done a couple shows about that, where 
somebody will go to a therapist and say, you know, oh, hey, I'm having trouble sleeping or I'm having nightmares or I'm having like some other like mental health issues that they want help with. And if you have a therapist that is really dead set or really interested in this one particular area of study and they're not entirely ethical, perhaps, um, and maybe they don't even know that they're doing it like consciously, I'm not sure, maybe... Um, you know, maybe they're so interested in this one thing that it's like everything looks like that to them. So it's like they just kind of wittingly or unwittingly like steer their patients down this particular path. And a lot of times, depending on what the patient's personality is like, sometimes they're like, well, they want to do good. They want to like please the therapist. So they're going to start acting the way the therapist wants them to act and answering the way they want them to answer. I remember my theory was, is that, because I remember that other one that Michelle remembers, that, that was called, I remember that book too. I don't think I, I don't think I read it. Yeah, I didn't read that one. I read Sybil, but yeah. I remember that they were like selling it on the daytime talk shows. And yeah. Having her on there. And I remember in those days thinking that this Michelle remembers thing, and that was a bit, that was a big fucking hit. All right. Mm-hmm. To me, I was like, that sounds like a reboot of Sybil. Yeah. And I think that's what it was. Yeah, it seemed like very similar. Yeah. And I'm not, and I don't really want to discount, because I know that, like, some people that have mental health issues, I know dissociation is a thing, um, you know, and I know some of the things that are associated with multiple personality disorder, you know, are real symptoms of things. I just question whether it's as egregious as it's usually shown in this case and like in Sybil where where you know you have a dozen people living in your head who don't know about each other and stuff like that i'm not saying it couldn't happen i'm just saying that it's prob if if it does exist it's probably much rarer than i mean it's probably like super super rare and i kind of feel like um you know after Three Faces of Eve, after Sybil, after the Billy Milligan case, it seemed like the diagnosis of that, like, went way, way, way up, even though a lot of therapists are still, to this day, like, not convinced that it even exists, like, as a separate diagnosis, you know what I mean? Just not so much that that individual aspects of it don't exist, obviously, but that just the way that it's described in the manual, they don't think that it's that out there you know what i mean and like i said i'm not saying that dissociation and like you know particular types of amnesia particularly with children that have gone through like horrible trauma and abuse that's usually the kind of people that manifest with this type of stuff and i'm not saying that that doesn't have horrible damaging effects i just don't know if it's this particular effect that's all well like i said i don't, I don't know um okay so let's kind of start with I didn't, I didn't necessarily just want to start like with his, um, I might like jump back and forth, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with his crimes and how he first came to the attention of the world at large. You know what I mean? So this happened back in 1977. Now, a lot of the early stuff, uh, happened in Ohio. Now he, he was originally from Florida. He's from Miami, but, um, we'll get into that, but he lived in Ohio with his mom and his siblings and stuff. So what ends up happening in October of 1977 and his, these rapes, cause he was called the campus rapist for reasons, which will soon become obvious. The, the series of rapes that he did, it was over a very short period. It was, I believe it was like less than two weeks cause he got caught like almost immediately. And we'll figure out why that is in a minute. 
So October 14th, 1977. This happened on the um, Ohio State University campus. And apparently, uh, Billy Milligan, he pointed a gun at an optometry student there and essentially like kidnapped her, took her from a parking lot in the middle of the day uh, and took her to a wooded area and raped her. Uh, afterward, he made her write a check and cash it for him. He was also, he would rob his victims as well. He would like take all their credit cards and... and was, was he one of these sweet talkers or was he mean to them? The Believe weird or not, thing, people, they got rapists that think that they're well, doing women yeah, a favor. The and weird thing about it, and shit. one of the, and this is, this is so fucking weird. Yeah. So according to like a lot of the sources that I read, they said one of the women, I don't know if it was this first one because he raped three women during this time period. One of the women actually told the police later, like after Billy mm -hmm. Milligan was caught, that um, he was like really nice yeah. to her. And that had circumstances been different, mm -hmm. i.e. if he hadn't been pointing a gun in her face mm -hmm. and raping her, then maybe she might have considered dating him. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, yeah. what a strange thing to say. Well, there are women that have fantasies about that. Well, I know that, There's but... A, you, can, you can find erotica written by women about this shit. Yeah, I know. Uh, you got dudes that also kind of fall into that same category. <clears throat> Some of them become serial rapists. Most of them aren't like this, though. They're mean. Most of them are sadists, you know? Yeah. Um, they get off but, on watching yeah, just women power, suffer, fear. like having power over them. Yeah. Um, but they, some of them are like Don, think that they're Don Juan. Um, BTK was kind of like that, I think, in the end. He, after he did his thing, he'd like he'd make them feel better and stuff. Well, you know, unfortunately, I have to kill you. And it was a total dick, but I think he, he thought he was being cool. I to him, I think. Ooh, it's some such weird, a gentleman. Such weird shit. But uh, they what had the one fuck? guy. What the fuck, Dennis? They had one. <laughs> they had one um, serial rapist who got caught because one of the victims was real quick thinking he was friendly. Yeah. And after uh, he was done, um, she told him, "says Man, it's the best time I've ever had. What's your number?" And he gave, and he he gave her his phone number. Dummy. Yeah, and she says, "I'm good." Thing most criminals are stupid. <laughs> no, it was ego. He believed her. Well, yeah. He, he's like, "I'm a, stupid." She's like, "I'm gonna call you. Can I call you back?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah. What's your phone number?" You know. I'd be like, "Yeah." And then he left, and she <laughs> fucking called the police. She goes, "I got that bitch's phone number. <laughs> Go get him." Yeah, he got his name and his phone number. I think it was just the first name. And the cops probably thought that shit was hilarious. Yeah, so that was good thinking. Like, wow, what a dumbass. Yeah. They got him, and he had raped a bunch of women. He was a young guy. I mean, the fact that he can actually go out and rape women who obviously don't want that, and then like be stupid enough to think that a woman actually was like, "Man, that was awesome. I'm gonna call you back." Yeah. I mean, well, he thought he was Don Juan. I well, evidently. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's some weapons grade delusion yeah. right there. Yeah. Well, his whole thing, if I remember correctly, uh, you'd wake up in the middle of the night, and he was already on top of you. With a knife, whispering to you. Fucking, you Yikes. know what I mean? And trying to tell you to stay calm and trying to talk all romantic like he's fucking Don Juan and shit. Don't you tell me to stay and calm, motherfucker. Like, yeah, I will punch you right in your fucking Yeah, tank. trying to be all smooth and, and everything. And, but she got his number. She figured out what he was like. He's like, this motherfucker got a huge ego. Yeah. I bet you if I ask for his number, you give it to me. See, that, yeah. was, that, was, that was good thinking right yeah. there. 
I mean, you can't blame the other women for not thinking of that. I probably yeah. wouldn't have thought of that because it's, yeah. you know, because of the trauma and everything. But the fact that she had the wherewithal to actually keep her shit together and, like, yeah. figure that out. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. But, yeah, so, yeah, so one of the one of the women did say that he, that Billy was, I mean, they know he did it. So it's not like I can say allegedly or anything like that. And plus he's dead anyways. But, um, yeah, said he was so nice that I would have considered dating him had the circumstances been different. Even though, like I said, he raped her and took her money afterwards so you know that's nice and uh another thing that people who um do actually believe that billy milligan had uh did and uh you know so wasn't aware of what he was doing maybe because other personalities were doing it um point out that one of the rape victims said that he spoke in a german accent uh and for the record he's from miami and he's parents are american so he doesn't have a german accent but we'll get into that in a little bit uh because that was another thing that many of his personalities did some of them had different accents so you know so yeah so he did three rapes um one on october 14th 1977 one on october 22nd and the third one on october 26th so like i said it was like uh, it was like a spree essentially now the day after the third rape that he did and they were all on campus and like i said the he it was pretty much the same mo like he would just see a woman he would essentially like kidnap her from the campus like at yeah. gunpoint and take her somewhere else like either in the car or take her out in the woods or something <coughs> and then take all her money he would usually like make her write him a check uh and then cash it and then or and and or he would take all her credit cards so there was that because they didn't have like atm cards back then which is crazy to think about but yeah that we didn't so the day after the third rape, um, one of the victims was actually at the police department and she was able to pick Billy Milligan out of uh, a bunch of mugshots that they showed her. Because it turned out Billy Milligan, who in 1977 was 22 years old, had actually been convicted of rape before. What happened was a year or two prior to this, I believe, um, no, actually it was more, it was more like five years because I think he was only 17 because he was still a minor. So him and his friend had apparently gone and picked up these two girls. And then these two girls later on had come out and accused them of rape. Now, Billy's story in that instance was that, oh, well, they were actually prostitutes and I couldn't get it up. So I didn't pay them. And then they got mad and reported us as rapists. Cops were like, fuck out of here. That doesn't that. happen. Yeah, <laughs> get the fuck out of here with that story. Yeah. And so uh, they did actually get arrested. But because they were both minors, they just went to juvie or whatever. But he had been convicted before, so he had a record. Now, uh, he had also left his fingerprints in the, car, in the car of one of the victims. And he had been in prison for some other things, uh, like robbery. You know what I mean? So he, it's like shit like that. So they actually um, found him, like I said, it was less than two weeks after the first rape. They went to his house and arrested him. Now, interestingly, when they arrested him, um, the supervisor of the, you know, the police investigations at the time, when he was reading uh, Billy Milligan his rights and was like going with him to the police headquarters in Columbus, Ohio, he started to notice that Billy Milligan was not right, like a, a little bit off. He said that the guy acted like 
he's like, you talked to him at different times and it was like talking to different people. At this point, they didn't really know. I don't think anybody immediately jumped to multiple personality, but he seemed so off. Uh, it Clearly, he had some mental health issues that they were like, because um, you know how you have to be like mentally competent to stand trial, right? So in the course of getting him examined to see if he was going to be mentally competent to stand trial... Like, and this doesn't have anything to do with, like, the later thing where it's, like, you know, not guilty by reason of insanity. They just want to see if he's competent to stand trial, like, or if there's something the matter with him. So in the course of doing that, and because, like I said, a lot of investigators and stuff noticed that he wasn't quite right. Like, he was strange. So they brought in a bunch of experts and things like that to see if he was going to be able to stand trial. You know what I mean? Um, But, like I said, a lot of people did notice that maybe he wasn't right now he didn't have any money so he was assigned a couple of public defenders whose names were judy stevenson and gary schweikart who actually represented him for quite a long time and um after they started bringing in psychiatrists um it slowly started to become clear that maybe this dude had DID. And as I said, it's kind of hard to say because multiple personality disorder, as they called it then, was very much kind of a hot topic at the time because Sybil had just, like, the movie had just come out, like, the year before. It was a TV movie, but it was kind of a big deal. Everybody was talking about it. And so I kind of feel like it was still very much in the cultural consciousness. And what they determined from talking to Billy Milligan and there a lot of the interviews with him like with the psychiatrist and stuff are in the Netflix documentary and they're kind of like interesting to watch um I don't to me it doesn't seem like all that compelling like it doesn't really seem that different you know him changing up and things like that but you know it's just, they only show like clips of it so check it out and see what you see what you think but apparently what they determined after talking to him after these psychiatrists had talked to him was that billy milligan himself seemed completely out of it like he seemed completely unaware he didn't seem to know what he was being arrested for he seemed like he was really scared and it's like i don't really know what's going on and then it turned out allegedly that the rapes and robberies had actually been committed or so they determined by two of his other personalities and he was not aware of what had been going on and what they kind of figured out afterward after they started talking to some of his alleged other personalities was that billy milligan the core personality um that they would often put him to sleep that's what they called it like so he didn't know what was going on and then they would just run around and do shit now, apparently Billy did complain that he had time periods where he didn't remember, like he had black periods of blackouts, which, like I said, is one of the most important things 
you know, uh, if you're starting out like on a road toward getting diagnosed with dissociative uh, identity disorder, that's one of the first things they look for. It's like if you have these long blackouts, like if you wake up somewhere and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? Like you've lost days, like you don't know where you are. And so that's kind of like, and you know, and then you get reports from other people that said, what the fuck were you doing? It's like, oh no, I was, you know what I mean? So that definitely has to be present for that's one of the things that has to be present for uh for the de- for that diagnosis and he apparently did have that at least according to him so he claimed that or at least some of the other personalities claimed that the robberies of the women because remember i said he took their money and stuff too the robberies had actually been committed by another one of his personalities who was you're gonna laugh who was a 23 year old yugoslavian man okay yeah Named Reagan, R-A-G-E-N. Okay, which is must be a common name in Yugoslavia, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah. everything that I read said <laughs> that it was a it was a combination of rage and again. Okay, like because right. I was like, is there really anybody? I don't know no. how common that name is in in uh, <laughs> Yugoslavia. <laughs> I know it's not called Yugoslavia no. anymore, but um, but yeah. So uh, so he was the one that had done the robberies. However, he was apparently not the ones who had done the rapes. The rapes had apparently been committed by another one of his personalities who was a 19-year-old lesbian named Adelana. Now, apparently, she was very introverted and very shy and was seeking human companionship and so thought the best way to go about it was to take over Billy Milligan's body and rape some women. Because that's how you do I guess. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to consult with the uh, <laughs> with the victims. Okay. Yeah. What you know? What did he say? What happened? You know? Was he talking to you like he was a lesbian? Something like that. You know? See, I've well, see, that's the thing. I've heard yeah. that one of the women did say that, but I don't know if that's true or if the people are just like glomming that on there, like okay. after the fact. Okay. Celtic Angel 73 says, wow, German and Yugoslavia? It's like the United Nations of MPD. Yeah, he had a couple of Brits in there, too, which we'll get to in a minute. But the weird thing about it is that even though one of the women said, oh, he was speaking in a German accent, but I don't think any of his personalities were German, so maybe maybe it was the Reagan personality talking, because he did have a very thick Slavic accent. Because if you watch the Netflix documentary, like they show like um, there's a bunch of footage of him being interviewed by like, the psychiatrist and the cops and stuff, and... um. He does go to, like, that personality, the Reagan personality, and, like, talks in a Slavic accent. Now, according to the book that was written about him, he could also speak Serbo-Croatian, um, but I'm not entirely sure that I buy that. We'll get into that in a little bit. Because there have been a lot of claims made about the amazing stuff that he could do, like, in different personalities. Like, oh, his IQ was different, like, in each personality. And he could speak all these different languages. Like, he could speak Arabic, like, in one of the personalities and not in the other ones. And I think I remember Like, other kind of stuff like that. And I'm not entirely sure if I buy that. And I think it's, like, a little bit exaggerated. I'm just going to say. Because there's there's kind of mundane explanations for some of the things. Is is what I'm gonna say. Probably crappy accents. Well, you know, um, I'm and not an ex- I'm not an expert, but the Brit one of the British because I think he had two yeah. British personalities, but the main British personality that he had, whose name was Arthur, mm-hmm. um, he was spoke quite a bit 
like on the Netflix documentary, and it, it sounded pretty good. I okay. mean, if you weren't really, um, I mean, I if you were just like casually listening to, you wouldn't think, oh, that was an American doing a British accent. Okay. You would just say, think it sounded like a British guy. Okay, so it, it passed. I thought it passed. But like I said, I'm not British, so yeah. there might be like other. But to yeah. me, it sounded. It sounded decent. The Slavic one, I don't really know because I don't know anyone with that particular I've seen, accent. I've seen some old British movies where they try to do an American accent and it fucking sucks. The newer <laughs> guys are a lot better at it. That dude from The Walking Dead, I thought he was Southern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, Andy I, Lincoln. He fooled me. Yeah, he did actually. He did actually. But yeah, so, I mean, his British accent was pretty good, I thought. I mean, I, I didn't notice anything, like, uh, bad about it. I didn't hear him talking in the other British personality. But, uh, but yeah. So, that was kind of his story, and he was sticking to it. That two of the other personalities were responsible for the robbery, the robberies and the rapes. And that Billy Milligan himself had no knowledge of them. Because apparently, as I said, the personalities would put him to sleep, like in the background... <laughs> And then they would run around and do shit, and he was apparently not aware of it. He claimed that he would often, like, wake up in places and not figure out how he got there. When they um, were interviewing him, like, when the doctors and stuff were interviewing him, he seemed, and like, and I, I, I say seemed because I don't know if, the, if it was real or if he was faking. I kind of suspect faking, but, you know, I wasn't there, so I don't really know. But he did seem very kind of freaked out and he seemed kind of like surprised almost kind of like he sort of like popped to himself and it's like where the fuck am i like who are you people like all this other kind of stuff i will say he if he was acting i mean he was a good actor but i don't know i i kind of suspect he was faking but i don't, I don't know so um even though so okay so the psychiatrists come to this conclusion that he has this disorder now, a lot of the cops who were working on the case are like, that's fucking ridiculous. It's just, that doesn't happen. But then, some of the other cops... Now, some of the some of the other cops that were working on the case and shit like that, and, like, the prosecutors and everything, like, they never believed it. Um, you know, they said, yeah, he was good at it. Like, you know, you could see... You could see how maybe he fooled people. But some other people were just, like, not fooled. However, some of the cops who were skeptical at first... When they sat and watched him and listened to him, like, for extended periods of time, they're like, yeah, he definitely did seem like he was kind of going back and forth, like, in different personalities. And it wasn't just that he had, like, different voices or different accents. They said that he had different facial expressions, different body language. Like, he would sit different. He would walk different. He would do, like, um, you know, all these different things that made him seem like another person. So, basically, what ends up happening... So, the defense attorneys that he had... So, remember, like I said, they were public defenders because, you know, he couldn't afford uh, an attorney. And they said, well, this is obviously what we're going to use, like, as your defense. Because, you know, what we can't put you in prison because you weren't there. Like, it was some other personality essentially using your body and you didn't really know what was going on. So, it wasn't really you. So that's what they were uh, going to argue. Now, I will note that I kind of feel like people maybe have a... 
I think people maybe exaggerate how many times, like, people have got off, like, not guilty by reason of insanity. It's very, 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 very rare. Very rare. Um, a lot of criminals don't even attempt it, like, or their lawyers don't even attempt it, just because it's almost impossible to get, to get up to a point where, you know, you're not legally culpable for your crimes because of a particular mental illness. Yeah, well, there's a reason, though. Okay. The reason the reason why they don't go for the insanity defense is because in in essence the punish your, punishment you're going to get through the insanity defense is going to outweigh what the prison system will get you. The prison system will get you give you a determinate sentence. Yeah, that too. In a, a, a pretty good environment. It, a fucking insane asylum's fucking you don't want to live in that's pandemonium. That'll fucking drive you crazy. And, and they're going to dope you up, man. And there's return. no end time. There's no like, end They time. can just keep you in there like it's forever. Life. It's life. Right. It can be life imprisonment, basically. So they don't want that. They want to go to a regular prison, go hang out with their buddies. Because they're going to have family Well, then they'll be out that, maybe. They'll like, be yeah, out in five, ten years. Reasonable amount And they know guys that are locked up, you know. They have relatives locked up a lot of times. And their friends, if they're not locked, if their friends aren't locked up, their friends will soon to join them in the system. You know, it's all locals. So, you know, it's their repeat customers. It's a scene. Like joining the army. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I said, so so that's another, because, uh, you know, I was going to add that. That's like another disincentive, too, I guess. Yeah. Not only is it really, really hard to prove, yeah. because you can't just go in there and go, I'm crazy, you know what I mean? Because you're going to have, like, a whole bunch of different <coughs> psychiatrists analyzing you, and you can't just be... You can't just have a mental illness and, oh, you're not responsible. They have to prove that you don't know what you were doing was wrong. Like you, yeah. for example, like you legitimately believe, I killed that person because I legitimately believe they were a demon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's very, very difficult to prove because it's subjective. Yeah. And so it's a lot of them don't even attempt it because, one, like it's you're probably not going to succeed because everyone's just going to be like, no. You know what I mean? You're just trying to an American, get out of it. An American prison is better than a, an American insane asylum. You don't go there. Oh. People yelling and screaming at all hours. Fucking throwing shit. The food's going to be t worse. Um, you're not going to be free. It, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to be locked up yeah. with a lot less to do. No, they're not going to do that. No. So they don't try the insanity thing. Murder Hornet said, even if they deem you insane, they'll keep you in hospital till you're fit for trial, so you're still fucked. Yeah, yeah and you can go back. Like I said, it's not like... Depends on a state. And I, I kind of feel like maybe some people have like a a misconception that it's like, oh, not guilty yeah. by reason of it. Oh, well, then you're free. No, then mm. they put you in a yeah, in a hospital, yeah. usually for the criminally insane, which yeah. is not a fun place either. A lot of those places yeah. are also hellholes. Yeah, worse. Worse than the penitentiary. And, and like I said, there's no end game like you they could just yeah. stick you in there and it's like well we'll decide when you're well enough if you're ever well enough to get out of here and you might not ever be yeah. they might the, just keep you locked up the, forever the american penitentiary system was has a, has kind of a religious base basis to it that started you know in the early 1900s with panzram that fucking maniac panzram who was raping all those dudes yeah that guy was that a, started the modern Jesus penitentiary Christ, system. that guy was a fucking lunatic because the old the old prison system was making dudes like pants around so they kind of went went another way they tried to make it almost kind of like religious it's a place where you would pay penance and it was supposed to be a place of paying for your sins 
but also rehabilitation so you could get out and rejoin society as a productive member. So there was always at least some attempt at keeping the guys mentally healthy, uh, teaching them stuff, working them, and you know, and you don't want to spend the rest, you know, 10, 15 years in a fucking cell. You'll go crazy. So they'd take them outside on chain gangs and work them outside, which kind of would feel like freedom. And they're constantly moving. Well, it was giving them something and to do. They have to have something to do. And they have their own little social ranking systems, you know, and friends and shit. So, no, it, it was... And another thing is, is that you don't want prison to be so bad that a dude is willing to fucking fight the cops to the death to avoid it. You don't want that. That's why some of these... Some of these... Uh, some of the sentencing, mandatory sentencing stuff is fucking ridiculous. That The sentencing needs to be left to the judge between certain parameters. Like, okay, here's an example in this case. He was pull, pulling guns on women and taking them into the bushes. That's kidnapping, okay? And then he that, raped was one, them. that was one of the charges, was right. kidnapping. Okay, and then he was raping them, all right, and then stealing from them. In a place like Mississippi or Louisiana, Alabama, rape would probably carry about 15 years. But kidnapping carries life. Life yeah, in prison. I think that's true of a lot of states, actually. Right. So, if you're the rapist, why are you letting the woman live? Because she can identify you. Right. So, for to ensure your own survival, it's better if you kill her. Which, that's not good for society. It's yeah. better that the penalty isn't so high that he's going, well, it's only 15 years, I'll let her live. If they catch me, I'll just do some time. That's a much better solution than, ah, that's... Life? Nah, I'm not gonna do that. Pow. Yeah. Like you know, and then, then she and dies. Yeah. You know. Yeah, then you've killed an innocent person. Then you killed the innocent person with this fucking sentence. And then when the cops show up, he fights to the death. And maybe kills a cop or two. It's better to kinda pat it out. Give these guys something that they're that they can do so they don't fight to the death. Because they're gonna do what, what they're gonna what they wanna do. You're not gonna stop them. They're, they're already crazy. They're just going to do it. Okay. I mean, they'll do it. If they're, they'll do it to face the death penalty, they'd still do it. That's, well, yeah, they do. They I do mean, it all the time. Yeah. So he may as well leave it up to the judge so he doesn't know how much he's going to get. And, you know, when he's faced with cops or having to kill somebody, he goes, you know what? This may not be worth it. You know, I may not be looking at a whole lot of time. And you want him in that position. Well, see, that's the thing, and I'm going to argue that it's like, you know, other than some outlier exceptions, because we've talked about, like, a lot of really fucked up, like, serial killers and shit like yeah. that on the show, and they should probably just be taken out and skinned alive and shot. Yeah, you know they what should I mean? be tortured. But That's not justice But But most of the other people that were just, like, crime, and I'm not, yeah. you know, trying to discount, like, oh, you know, just, like, petty criminals, stuff like that. I mean, some of those people have done fucked up shit. But... There's something to be said for trying to rehabilitate them, trying to, or, or at least give them something to do, give them some yeah. purpose, give them a job inside the prison, yeah. give them, but like you said, don't make it, and I know that some people, they're like, well, you don't want them to have like a cush life in there. I don't, I don't think they should have a cush life, like it should be easy, 
but you know, make it like punishment, but don't make it like you said so bad that they will fight to the death. To that it's it. going to have all these yeah. unintended consequences yeah. on society as on a whole, people. on innocent people. Right. I mean, that's you don't want that either. You want them to go quietly, right? And uh, that's what you want. And people don't realize how long ten years is, fifteen years. This dude does this shit when he's fucking eighteen. Fifteen years later, he's a totally different person. That's not really the same person. Yeah. You know, I, I did shit at fucking 17, said shit at 17, 18. I can't even believe that I did that or said that, dumb as I was. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, and I've, that's true of a lot of it's, people. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody did dumb shit did, when they were teenagers shit. in their 20s right. and stuff like that. Everybody. I mean, that's just yeah. what you do. That's And then some is. people get addicted to drugs. They just fucking do shit that's real desperate. Yeah. Um, and, you know... <clears throat> They may not necessarily, in under normal circumstances, be a bad person. They're just being pushed into, I got to have this or I'm going to get sick right. type of deal, you know. And I got no money and no one will hire me. I'm going to steal it from that liquor store. I'm going to steal money from right. that liquor store and go buy some heroin. Yeah, that's you a know? big... See, that that's what I mean. Like, that kind of crime... It's still crime, obviously, and it's, like, not to be encouraged... But there's a world of difference between yeah. that kind of criminal yeah. and like a deliberate, like a yeah. serial killer type, or of, serial rapist, who is or, just going out yeah. doing that stuff because they get off right. on it. Now, the, most of the most in the United States, most of the violence is drug related, and the crime is most of his drug. Most of the crime is drug related, but America did that to itself. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Let's say you don't want heroin, you don't want cocaine. You can make it illegal, but you can also control it, or you can make it legal and control it. You shouldn't. They shouldn't have put. Such I mean, a at high least decriminalize. Deal. I would it's, decriminalize it and control it. Make a controlled. I mean, substance. if if you must have it illegal, at least just yeah. have it be a bullshit fine or something like that. I would do. I would control it. Maybe a little bit more than alcohol. Some of that stuff, like when yeah. you have to register yourself. Yeah. As a user, or somebody that's addicted to this stuff, and uh, they'll just give it to you. Well, that's what they were doing. That's I don't know I if they do. still do it. It's because I know we have some British people, but that's what yeah. they were doing in the UK. That's yes. a better solution. Because they, um, you know, because I had a former, uh, you know, of my ex-husband's family who was a heroin addict. And, you know, she would just go, she had to go to the methadone clinic like yeah. every so often and they would just give her the stuff. Uh, her, I, I know junkies though, or, you know, it's been a while, but I knew junkies up in Boston. They said the methadone was worse than the heroin. They said, you got addicted to I have heard, too. yeah, I've heard they, that. They, they were just like, why don't... It's because you can't patent heroin, I guess, and there's probably government contracts involved and shit. They come with this methadone, but they should have just given them the heroin. Probably. <laughs> Might just... Yeah. That's what to, they, and to be honest, we've talked about this before. It just seems like, you know, I'm not... A heroin addict can live a long time. I'm it's not, not saying that, that it's like, oh, everybody should be, like, going around drugged up to the eyeballs all the yeah. time, but most people don't want to do that. It's like, yeah. you know, alcohol is legal... Not everybody drinks. If you legalized a lot of that, it it wouldn't change the usage rates too much. No, it wouldn't. Because anybody that would want to do it is is already doing it. Yeah. So I kind of feel like when they're kids, right? So I kind of feel like, oh, maybe if somebody like a small percentage of people are curious, and it's like, oh, now that's legal, I'll do it. But I just kind of feel like if you wanted to do it, you would have. I've done all kinds of addictive stuff in other countries. Smoked opium and stuff. Never shot heroin. I knew better than that one. You can't walk away from that one. Snort of coke. I can walk away from all that. But some people can't. Some people... Yeah, it depends on people's body chemistry has a lot to do with it. body yeah. chemistry. Yeah. yeah. They're, so... So and you I, can't, I pretty like, much liked it all. Uh, but like I said, we, like you just next day you're like, yeah, fuck that. You want, you want cocaine the next day. But you go... 
you know, that's a waste of money. I never bought it. I always had it given to me. So right. that's a waste of money. I ain't spending that. Those fucking stripper well, yeah, girls are trying to give to you because then they're trying to sell, sell to you. We're going to have cocaine at least. So what you do, cocaine. so what you do, <laughs> there's a way to get around it. Okay. What you do is the following day when you says, man, when you start thinking about, you know what, maybe I should just go buy a little bit of it. No, no, no. I'll buy a fifth of fucking gin and get trashed. You get trashed, wake up the next morning, and you won't, you, you'll forgot all about it. Yeah. <laughs> because Dude, especially it's if it's gin, because I'll yeah, be gin. barfing I'll my be guts out. Gin. gin and tonics. I love gin, but, yeah. man, if I drink any more than, like, three <coughs> yeah. of those, I'm, like, because it's so acidic, you know? Yeah. You get drunk, you get drunk, the, the, uh, the, 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 the desire for it goes away, and then the next morning, you're kind of hungover, and you don't think of anything about it. You're like, oh, fuck it. You, right. you gotta go back to work. So I never got hooked on it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we've talked about it before. I just kind of wish. I still can't believe that weed is illegal in some places. That is just like ridiculous. To well, me. the it's reason so why backward. that got, with the reason why that was made illegal, I think it was the early 1900s that they did that. Is because that was a product from Mexico, and it was uh, threatening the uh, saloon sales of fucking beer and. Yeah, a lot and, of and shit. It didn't have anything to do with a lot of shit. that's illegal. It's nothing to really do yeah, with. Yeah, nothing to do with its effects. With the morality of it, no. or anything like that, or no. how bad it is. That shit started off in California, and the saloons. I think it was late eighteen hundreds is really when they, or early nineteen hundreds when they started cracking down on it. They didn't want any, an, another product out there competing with fucking beer, and whiskey. That's yeah. all it was. Well, look at the same thing happened in France with uh, absinthe, absinthe, right? Where they made up all kind of crazy stories about absinthe, like yeah. that was the winemakers did that yeah. because they because it was cutting into their profits. Yeah, absinthe is not uh, hallucinogenic. No. It's not deadly. It's just a liqueur, and it was just like any other one. It's yeah. a, it's a little stronger than some, but it's not. And it not was a huge difference. And the proof's in the pudding. The reason why people were drinking it because they they were French and they'd come back from a war. It was the soldiers. They were issued that stuff as a water purification ration. They'd give it to them as a ration, and they'd put it. They they just put some of it in a canteen, and it would purify a dirty canteen, and they were drinking it. You make it like a jerk. Yeah, you jerk it like. That. <laughs> Jenny loves it when I do that shit. He's like, Jenny, go get the camera. <laughs> Like Put this up on the OnlyFans. Like you're doing a shake yeah. weight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jenny's dirty, man. Uh, what? I said Jenny's dirty. I know. Yeah. That's why everybody knows that. I I'm think. A, yeah, I'm a, never mind. <laughs> I'm not, we're doing a show. He's a, he's getting distracted again. Yeah. <laughs> Since I can't, he's always getting distracted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need to kind of like, just I'm focus, a, yeah, focus. I'm, I'm focusing. Focus. Focus. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yes, my, yes, my lady. <laughs> he's focusing. You want me to get you another drink? Uh, yeah. Okay. Might as well. Right. We still got a little bit. So we've only been on for an hour. It seems like we've been on for like forever, maybe. But I don't know. This is a, like I said, I'm having a good time on this show. So, uh, so yeah. So this is crazy to me. But this is like I said, this is the only time that this has happened in American legal history. Um, to, and okay, now to be, if I'm remembering this correctly, because didn't we do a show? Pretty sure we did a show about the Hillside Strangler or Hillside Stranglers because there was two of them, they were cousins. But I think one of those motherfuckers tried to use the multiple personality defense, but it didn't work. So it has been done before, and it's not real common. However, in Billy Milligan's case, 
it did work. Um, they, so they, they had had all these psychiatrists and apparently all of them that came in and examined him were, were like, for sure. Yeah. He's got something, <laughs> something's the matter with him. Now they did, I will note, bring in Cornelia Wilbur, the same doctor that was, that did the Sybil case that like wrote the book about Sybil. Like she, well, I mean, they had somebody else write it like a ghostwriter type thing, but I mean, she was the one that did the case study. So Cornelia Wilbur was brought in as a consultant on this case. And because she was seen as like the expert in multiple personality disorder. So she was brought in and she's in the, um, in the documentaries. I mean, she's dead now too, obviously, but, uh, she was on the documentary too, like interviewing, uh, Billy Milligan and talking to him and stuff like that. So that's another reason why a lot of people think the whole DID thing in his case in particular is bullshit because Cornelia Wilbur got brought into it. And I believe this was quite a significant time before they figured out that the whole Sybil thing where Sybil, you know, Shirley Mason, like basically said, yeah, I made the whole thing up. Like before Cornelia Wilbur was, well, I was going to say before she was, um, kind of disgraced, but I don't think she ever was because I think she died before it came out that all of that story was kind of made up. You know what I mean? Or before it was public knowledge, maybe. But yeah, so in Billy Milligan's case, it worked. Uh, or at least they convinced the judge that indeed, um, Billy Milligan was not responsible for the rapes or the robberies because two of his alters, two of his other personalities had actually done it without his knowledge. So let's talk a little bit about Billy Milligan's, uh, past and why, if he indeed does have this disorder or had this disorder, where it might have come from. Now, keep in mind that a lot of the stuff about the abuse that he suffered as a child is from him, but, um, on the Netflix documentary, there was also interviews with his siblings, uh, his brother, he has an older brother and a younger sister, and they were both on there, uh, they're both still alive, and, uh, so they were both on there talking and they corroborated a lot of the stuff. And there was also some old, like, archival footage of his mother talking about how abusive the stepfather was. So, you know, I don't know if it if the abuse was as egregious as Billy Milligan claimed it was, but apparently there was abuse going on and Billy was generally the target of it. You know what I mean? So, he and he definitely did have some problems. So as I said, he was born in Miami, in Florida, 1955. Now his mom's name was Dorothy Sands and she was a performer. She was a singer and his dad's name was Johnny Morrison. And he was also a performer. He was like a comedian, like the vaudevillian type comedian. Now when, um, he had, so he, they already had one son whose name was Jim and then they had uh, Billy, and then they had uh, a daughter later on, whose name was Kathy Joe. And like I said, Kathy Joe and Jim were both uh, both on the documentary. Now, interestingly, their dad Johnny Morrison um, was actually had, so had three kids with their mom, like obviously, 
but he was still married to another woman. So it was like an affair that he was having this, like this long-term affair. I think it was like six or seven years that they were together. Now, Dorothy Sands, prior to getting into a relationship with this dude, had been in a relationship with another guy named Dick Jonas before this. And he was kind of like a violent alcoholic. So she got the fuck out of there. This was like back in the 50s. Then she hooks up with this dude who, like I said, she was kind of like the woman on the side because he already had another wife. I don't know if he had any other kids or not, but he had another family anyway. And then he had a family here uh, with her. And Johnny Morrison, um, Billy's biological father, was apparently, um, I don't think he was necessarily abusive, but he was for sure an alcoholic. And he suffered a great deal from depression. So he had his own, like, uh, mental illness uh, issues. And he actually attempted suicide. At one point, uh, he actually took an overdose. And um, his, but his wife, or uh, Dorothy, found him. And he recovered from that. However, when Billy was, I believe, only four years old... Um, his dad actually succeeded in committing suicide. He actually got in his car and uh, poisoned himself with carbon monoxide. So after that happened, Dorothy, the mom, she moved the kids back to uh, Ohio, like uh, Circleville, Ohio. That was in 1960. And then at which point she remarried her first husband, Dick Jonas, who again was like a violent alcoholic, and then divorced him again. So, like I said, these kids are going through a lot of uh, dads, one of whom killed themselves and one of whom was a violent drunk, so you know what I mean. Then, in 1963, fatefully, she marries a dude named Chalmer Milligan, and they moved to Lancaster, Ohio. Now... Chalmer Milligan was allegedly not a drunk, but allegedly, I keep saying that, um, horribly, horribly, horribly abusive, particularly toward Billy. Now, Billy, a lot of the stories that he told about Chalmer, some of which were corroborated by his siblings, um, you know, cause they talked about what a piece of shit Chalmer was. Chalmer denied it until he died. So, and he was never charged with anything. So I don't really know what the truth of the matter is, but Billy claimed that Chalmer would do things like, um, you know, repeatedly beat him, would hang him from his fingers and toes. Damn. Um, would bury him alive, like made him dig his own grave and then buried him in it and then like put a pipe down it and then pissed in his face. Damn. Is it true? I don't know. Um, he was abusive for sure. Cause yeah. it wasn't just toward the kids. Like he beat on the, on the, his wife as well and on the other kids, but to a lesser extent, Billy also claimed that, um, once they moved out to Chalmers farm, like he had a big barn out in Lancaster, Ohio, um, that he would take him out to the barn and rape him, like sodomize him. Um, and like I said, the, the other siblings did seem to corroborate this. They, they said that Chalmer was a piece of shit. He was horrible. He was abusive. Okay. Um, the older brother, Jim, who, you know, he's obviously like a, like an older man now, but he was being interviewed on the Netflix documentary 
and he said that Chalmer actually hung around, that he actually was responsible for getting rid of Chalmer because one day, um, Chalmer like flipped out and like threw, I think he like threw Billy against a wall or something like that. And Jim, the older brother, he actually like snatched up a knife and like put Chalmer up against the wall and said, I'm going to fucking kill you if you don't get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Chalmer left and it's like, cause I think that Jim was like a teenager at that point. Yeah. That was too dangerous to stay around with an enraged teenager. Right. And um, I will note, too, that they said that, I mean, the siblings said that they knew that there was something, I don't, I don't they didn't necessarily say something was wrong with Billy, but they knew that there was something unusual about him, like, even from childhood. Hmm. Um, so they didn't really think anything of it, because, you know, this was, like, the 50s and 60s. They didn't really know anything about dissociative identity disorder or anything like that. They just thought he was weird or eccentric or something like that. So they did say that as a kid, he would put on different accents, like, act different. But they just thought that he was just being weird. Like, that was just, like, the what he was yeah. like. You know what I mean? They said so, and sometimes he would, like, you know, sit in the corner and, like, make buzzing noises, which one of his personalities did later on. I think that personality was named Sean. who was like a five-year-old kid or something like that. So there was some evidence that he had, not necessarily dissociative identity disorder, but he very clearly had something, you know, mental health issues like from childhood, which if the stuff about the abuse is true, that tracks. Uh, because usually people that, uh, that develop these types of um, pathologies, these types of uh, illnesses... It's usually because of extreme childhood trauma, uh, because they dissociate, you know, j- just to get themselves out of the situation. So they they think that's probably where that came from, if indeed he does have that. So basically, they think that his you know personality just splintered, and he seemed like a pretty troubled kid. Uh, he got suspended from junior high for basically he would go into weird fugue states and just kind of like wander around and didn't show up at class so like i said he wasn't you know he wasn't right like even from the start um just shit like that and he actually got committed to a mental hospital as a teenager also now that was in columbus And he was diagnosed there with what they used to call hysterical neurosis. I'm not sure entirely what this, what, because they don't use that terminology anymore. I think that would be like a conversion disorder or maybe like narcissistic personality disorder, something like that. Um, It seemed like a lot of the diagnoses he got like as a younger person were more like along the schizophrenia type of, uh, type of route so like i said he definitely did have issues like mental health issues he wasn't making that up now so he gets sent to this hospital in columbus where he's diagnosed with hysterical neurosis and he was only there for three months and got kicked out the mental hospital for Hmm. being disruptive Hmm. and i'm kind of like well 
Well, isn't that what a mental hospital is? They're supposed to be helping the people, right? I mean, yeah, I you would I, think a lot of them would be disruptive, and that's kind of like you would expect that? I have no idea what they're talking about. I don't, I don't yeah, know yeah. either. So it's yeah. just, I'm like, how bad does your behavior have to be to get kicked out of a mental health facility? It must not have been like a high security mental I guess health. not. It must have been just some little like, like fucking treatment center, you know. But you would think they were like, oh, this motherfucker's crazy. He's got to go deeper into this system. Maybe not. Maybe he, maybe his, maybe he was just disrupting by making, you know, joking around and making fun of him. You know, maybe it wasn't violent. Yeah, maybe. I'm not yeah. real sure. They just said it, but like I said, you'd have to be like pretty disruptive, I would think, like to get thrown out of a mental health know. facility. But it depends. I don't know. I don't know if this was just kind of one of those. Yeah, I think it was probably some bullshit thing. Probably. One, yeah, maybe it wasn't like a hardcore right. type place. I mean, it's a state mental hospital, you'd think, but I don't know. No, I'm sure there's a bunch of different divisions of it. It might have been a voluntary treatment type thing counseling yeah and they were like yeah we don't want to deal with this motherfucker yeah get out of here so yeah so he gets kicked out of there now he does actually end up going to high school for a little while but he also got kicked out of high school in 1972 he was expelled for being again disruptive and not really getting with the program and then in 1972 or 1973 he joined the navy he was only in the Navy for a month before yeah. they kicked him out. Didn't make it through basic even. Pro- no. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, he's not hes not a well person. You know what I mean? And a lot of people seem to notice that. So that same year uh, is when the first rape incident occurred that I mentioned earlier. Like a, the, a friend, and uh, him and a friend, they were I believe they were 17, and they picked up some women and then, you know, a, allegedly raped them and then said that, you know, oh, they're prostitutes, and I couldn't get it up, and, like, so I didn't pay them, and then they got mad at me and reported, but, you know. Try to lie his way out of it. Yeah, try to lie his way out of it. So, again, like, the cops, the judge, that they didn't buy that story, Um, and so he and his friend were both found guilty of rape, but because they were minors, uh, they only served, or Billy only served six months in a, like, a youth camp type of thing. Now... After Billy Milligan was released from this youth camp, apparently one of his other personalities, at least according to the book that was written about him, uh, took over. And I believe this was Reagan, the the Yugoslavian Serbo-Croatian man. So this guy starts kind of working as like a low-level criminal. He's kind of like working as a bodyguard, I guess, for like a drug dealer. You know what I mean? And apparently this is another personality's word. But, and I want to get into, too, because his Reagan, the Reagan personality, who was the one that was supposedly robbing the people, if not raping them, um, the, the story went around that Reagan could actually speak Serbo-Croatian. Um, now, Daniel Keyes, who wrote the book about him, the minds of Billy Milligan. Like I said, he was the same guy that wrote Flowers for Algernon back in the day, which was a huge success. And like I said, I read that in school and it's a really good book. That was fiction though. But, um, so that, so he said, it's like, yeah, he would talk to me in Serbo Croatian or he would write me letters and, and I had to like send them out and be translated. However, uh, one of the, it was either one of the psychiatrists or one of the, or a detective or something like that could actually speak Serbo-Croatian and so started talking to him in it mm-hmm. and then he would flip into a different personality okay, yeah. conveniently. Right. So 
Not sure I buy that because I think it went around that it's like, oh my god, he speaks all these other languages that he doesn't know. He's pretending. But I think maybe he was bullshitting. Yeah. Because there is a thing too where his one of his British personalities, Arthur, who was kind of like one of the main guys, which I'll get into in a little bit. But um, he could apparently he was British, but he could apparently speak Arabic. But they found out later on that what he did was that another inmate at the hospital he was at could speak Arabic, and he asked him to, like, write letters for him. They found out later on. And they actually mentioned that in the Netflix documentary, too. So, yeah. So, right around this time, what? So, elements of his shit, he's, he's faking it. Yeah. Certain I mean, that's what I'm saying. I kind of feel... I'm not saying he wasn't mentally ill. He absolutely was. Right. I'm just saying I don't know if I buy that he had all these personalities and he didn't know what they were up to, right. that he wasn't, like, responsible for him. Like, I think he absolutely knew what he was up to. And he just used that He's as an excuse crazy. to get out of. But yeah, and I, I'm not saying he didn't have mental illness because yeah. he clearly did. And they said that like even has, as a child that he had something wrong with him. So uh, in about 1974, um, he was again uh, kind of arrested for, you know, petty crime. I guess he was like at a rest stop and I guess he was approached by two men who are like uh who were dressed as women and he I, I don't know if they were soliciting or if they were just walking by or whatever but he apparently like beat them up and took their purses and like took all their money so he did that kind of shit now one thing about billy milligan that i think is kind of interesting is he's actually a very accomplished artist like if you see a lot of his artwork it's actually very good and he would do artwork as different personalities like as time went on and that that became a bone of contention later on like when he became sort of like a little bit of a celebrity because he started selling his artwork like he would sign them with his different personalities and stuff like that and people were mad because he's a criminal and he's making money off of you know they didn't want him to like make money off of his artwork essentially like while he was in the mental hospital because they thought it wasn't right because you know he raped people and maybe killed people but that was like later on so i think they even maybe passed a statute i don't know if it was just ohio or shit but i think they even called it milligan's law or something like that where it's like you weren't allowed to they wanted to keep criminals from benefiting from like, for example, writing a book about themselves and, like, making a shit ton of money on it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Because I kind of feel like people are uncomfortable with that, and understandably so. So, um, 1975, uh, he actually did a drugstore robbery. And uh, so, yeah, he got arrested for that as well. So, like I said, he had uh, a record. So, for that particular robbery... He got two years in prison, but he got paroled in April of 1977, and six months later is when the rapes on the Ohio State University campus happened. So, because, you know, after the rapes happened and he was caught, and then they, basically the judge ruled, Judge Flowers, that was his name, 
he ruled that, um, yeah, he does have these multiple personalities, according to all these psychiatrists, and it's like he wasn't aware of what his other personalities were doing, so therefore he's not responsible. So, like I said, they didn't let him free, but they're like, we're going to put him in a mental health center. Now, the one that they were going to, I think they were going to send him up to the one, maybe, I think it's further criminally insane, maybe, but it's like up in Lima, I think, in Ohio. But because that place is kind of had a really bad reputation for being like a total shithole, um, they actually petitioned for him to go to sort of like a, a slightly nicer mental health facility, which in, in Athens, Ohio. Now, one of the things that, and I kind of feel like this is still in the popular zeitgeist nowadays when people talk about dissociative identity disorder, is that, and I think this is almost entirely from Dr. Cornelia Wilbur of this idea, is that you cure the patient by fusing all their personalities back into one personality. And, um, you know, basically that's how she said that she treated Sybil. And again, I don't know if I buy that or not, but that's kind of what she was trying to do in this case as well. And it's kind of funny because like on the Netflix series, I think she thought that you could just do it by like fiat. You would just like say, Hey, fuse this personality and that personality together. Do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm like, Oh, okay. That was easy. You know what I mean? It's like, cause she did actually, I think he should fuse what I'm trying to remember. Like he had one cup named Danny and one named (coughs) Tommy or something like that. Why don't you fuse those two together? You know what I mean? So, okay. So initially when they were first examining him, they determined that at first he had 10 personalities. Now the main one, like I mentioned, was now you got you had Reagan who was kind of like the muscle of the group and he was the the robber guy and he was also kind of like he wasn't entirely a bad person apparently but he was like the kind of the protector of the group then you had kind of your main sort of master of ceremonies type character who was Arthur now he was like the british guy and Arthur he was apparently the one who would control who got <coughs> what he called the spot. Now, if you've seen the M night, uh, Shyamalan movie split, uh, you know, with James McAvoy, great movie. Um, that character that he plays is based on this guy and he uses similar terminology. I believe in the movie split, he says, uh, when one of the other personalities takes over, he says, they're going to take the light, like the spotlight. Um, Billy Milligan would say, take the spot, but it's, it's the same thing. He's, he's based on him. He's asking if he had fetal alcohol syndrome. No, he had exceptional. He had exceptional intelligence, about 130 IQ. Fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah, no, it's gonna be a lot reduced. Reduced IQ. Yeah, that's that's a very common symptom yeah. of fetal alcoholism. Yeah. Really. The thing about, I've read too that Billy Milligan, because they said as evidence of that he actually did have DID. They're like, well, they gave him IQ tests like when he was in different personalities and he scored differently. But I feel like that would be I was I was listening to the um, the casual criminalist show about this and he made a good point. He's like, well, you know, you can't fake a higher IQ, but it'd be pretty easy to fake a lower one because he's like the the IQ test that they gave him ranged from 69, which is like borderline you know, mentally challenged up to 129, which is basically what his IQ was. He couldn't go no higher than that. 
Even though Arthur, the main one, said that he was a genius, but he didn't take the test. See? But the other personalities did. But he's like, it would be pretty easy to take it. It's like, you yeah. could just do your regular intelligence, but then you could yeah. just, like, fuck it up and be like, hey, I'm a dummy. Like, it's a different personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like I said, there's there's ways to get around it. It's pretty easy to, like, just fuck the test up and make them think that you're stupid and you're a different person. Yeah, you can't fuck it up and make them think you're smarter. And make you think you're smarter than no. you are. Yeah, you can't do that. It's solving puzzles. Yeah. You could either solve those puzzles or you or can't. Or you can't. Yeah. Or you just get real lucky and it's yeah. multiple choice. <laughs> I guess that could happen. But, you know. I've taken it twice. It's not multiple choice. That's what I'm saying. It would have to be like multiple choice yeah. and you'd have to get really lucky. And, and it's they're, not. <laughs> they're evaluating everything about you, not only your answers, but like uh, how you answered it and the questions that you asked or any, you know what I mean? They, they evaluate, it's, it's a holistic judgment, basically, on where they put you. I did good. Yeah, I did too. I, I did good, yeah. I usually took one when I was younger that was actually given to me by a psychiatrist, like, in person. It yeah. wasn't, like, a written yeah. test or anything like, like that. that. Yeah. Escola Graduado de São Paulo, you had to, you had to do that. <coughs> that was just part of it. That was expensive school. State Department sent me there. I was as a dependent. My mother was in the Foreign Service. You had to take that IQ test. They want to know. But that's a, that was a very expensive Brazilian international private school. Uh, okay, so where was I? All right, so, um, yeah. So, the ten, and then you had, um, I was talking about the ten personalities, that's right. So, Arthur, he was the one that controlled who got control of the spot. Like, which personality could come out at which time. Some of the other personalities that were in the original ten were, um, there was the, the lesbian woman who was 19, who was the rapist. There was a kid whose name... Was I think his name was Alan, and he was 16, and I think he was the one that was like was supposedly like a really good like escape artist, like he could get out of um, like straight jackets and shit like that, like some Houdini shit. Um, like I said, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's kind of the thing that they always say. Arthur, they say the British guy, he was also like real into. They called him. He was very Spock like. They said he's very rational, and he was like real. Science, like he knew a lot about science and medicine and stuff like that. But like I said, that's something you could learn. There was also a couple of personalities that were children and they were, you know, one was like a three-year-old dyslexic girl. Uh, one was like a four-year-old boy that would just kind of sit and buzz all the time. And they're presuming, like I said, if this is a real diagnosis, that these were the first splintered personalities that formed like from the trauma that he experienced when he was uh, a kid. Now, while he was in Athens, in the hospital, the thing about it was that because he was such an anomaly from a psychiatric standpoint, and because his case had been so widely covered by the media because it was the first time that anybody had used this as a defense and it worked, you know what I mean? So he was, it was kind of reported on all over the place. So he kind of became a little bit of a celebrity. And for better or for worse, his celebrity status, and because his doctors seemed to think that maybe he wasn't dangerous, even though, hello, he raped some people, um, they kind of just let him walk around loose a lot of the time. 
Like, he was supposed to be confined in this mental hospital, but they would let him go, like, on unsupervised furloughs. Like, yeah, sure, you can go on a drive to here or there. You can do this, that, and the other thing. Which... Uh, they got a lot of criticism for that because, you know, a lot of people did kind of feel sorry for him after they heard about all the abuse and that he had these mental health issues and people were willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. But then on the other hand, a lot of women were like, Hey, we don't want him walking around our street. Cause like he's a rapist. So that's kind of not cool, you know, but like I said, because he was famous, he just kind of uh, got away with it. And he kind of got in the habit of sort of being treated like a celebrity and kind of like acting like one a little bit too. Now, as he was at this hospital, uh, it so happened that because of, like I said, they, they determined at first that he had 10 personalities, but then it turned out that there was another 14 of them hiding in there. These personalities were supposedly called the undesirables. And these were the ones that Arthur would not allow to come out. Now, some of these personalities that were in there weren't undesirable for any, like, bat, like they were violent or anything. Like, a couple of them were. But most of them were just undesirable because um, Arthur didn't think that they had any point to them, I guess. Because, like, one of them was, like, a little boy that was deaf, um, you know, and he's like, oh, we never let that one come out. One of them was, like, an Orthodox Jewish guy for some reason. Well, I think his, I think, um, tell the, you what the Talmud said. I think the biological dad, he was the only one that was religious. I think his name was Samuel or something like that. That personality might have to perform some, some, some circumcisions. Yeah. I think yeah. he was the only religious one. Like the other, yeah. none of the other ones were religious, but I think his biological father was Jewish. Maybe that's where that came from. But the 24th personality, interestingly was called, was simply called the teacher. Now, the weird thing about this, like I said, is that, you know, the the kind of um, overarching uh, thing with, that Cornelia Wilbur came up with is like, oh, the way you treat these people is you have to fuse all their personalities back into like one core personality. But the weird thing about this is that the the personality of his that was allegedly just called the teacher was pretty much already fused because the teacher was kind of like all of the personalities like rolled into one except not billy you know what i mean i don't know it's kind of complicated like i said i kind of don't know if this is like real or not you know it sounds it sounds outlandish and i know that human brains can do weird ass shit it wouldn't shock me if this was a real thing but i think if it is a real thing it's probably like super 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 rare and i'm not really sure if this guy had it i think this guy was just mentally ill but maybe kind of like jumped on this bandwagon to avoid responsibility for shit well i want to say this that mk ultra thing that the uh, cia was working on part of that was some german technology that uh, we got through uh, operation paperclip and um i remember when i was a kid when this they showed this on television this big hearing and they swept it under the rug Evidently in Germany, um, back during the 40s, when the uh, mustache man and his boys took over, they were looking at the, uh, what do you call them, orphanages. And they had doctors, Nazi doctors in those orphanages. And they were finding these kids with uh, multiple personality disorder. They, they saw it. And, and they tried to figure out what was causing it, and they said it was caused by 
early childhood sexual trauma. Yeah, that's, which he was. He, he's that's what happened to him. Yeah. So these guys who were experts at it, evidently, and in Germany, they were taking children and molesting them and torturing them in secret in these uh, <clears throat> um, clandestine facilities to turn these kids into multiples. They were forcing them into into being a multiple. They were orphans that they were doing that they were doing this to. And the idea was is to turn them into sex operatives and assassins. Some of the some of the men some of the personalities were a sex operative and some of the personalities were supposed to be an assassin. So you could send this little kid at a dude and, and, and talk that and that that little girl would talk that dude into having sex with him and they would do it in a place where they, they were waiting and they'd take pictures of it. And then they could run that dude on remote control with those pictures after that. And if they had any problems with him, she could they could send that little girl to go, or on another target, they would send that little girl out to go kill somebody. It was the little girls mostly, some boys, I guess. Evidently, we got these guys. These guys that could, these German doctors, psychologists, shit. They were, they were from the, they were from a German basically secret weapons programs, you know what I mean? It was part of the intelligence agencies. And we got this technology and we're using it here in the United States. And there were some women that came forward in front, I remember back in the 80s, they were, um, talked about the abuse that they suffered to Congress at the hands of these subcontracted psychologists. There was government money behind it or something, and then they switched it under the rug and never heard about it again, but I saw it on television, I remember it. They, I don't, uh, maybe some of you guys might know what I'm talking about. Maybe we could find that case again. But it had something, it was one of the divisions or one of the little branches that MK Ultra was doing. All sounds awful fucking familiar with these fucking child islands and all this kind of stuff. It was like that. Uh, they do, they use this as a technology in the intelligence agencies. Sick. They're fucking sick, man. Evil shit. Yeah, it's, it's an orphan, but that's a human being. You know? Evidently, they were keeping them in cages, uh, depriving them of stuff, sexual abuse, get, forcing them into becoming multiples. Kind of like, you know how they said he's making that boy, pretending to bury that boy alive and pissing down in the fucking breathing hole. Uh -huh. They were doing shit like that to these girls. And they were little. Five, six. It was called trauma-based mind control. That came from Pavlov. With the damn dogs that were in the cages, yeah, and the uh, the river overflowed, and the dogs nearly drowned inside the cages, and they had to go in there and pull the dogs out underneath the water to get them out of the cages. And those dogs forgot everything that they'd been teaching them. They realized that you could depattern a person using trauma. And then that it was confirmed. We talked about it on the MK Ultra show. They had one of those contracted guys up in Canada, psychologist that was erasing those women's minds using LSD and um, what was it? put them in solitary confinement for a year with LSD and fucking running the damn recordings through the earphones. When they come out, they were just infantile. Remember when we talked about that? Yeah. So they do this kind of stuff. It's weird. Mr. 88 says, uh, casual criminalist Simon Whistler is great. Yeah, I love Simon Whistler. He's like, he's got like a whole bunch of different shows. He's got like, casual criminalist is good. He has one about like, 
unknown like mysteries he has like a history one where he talks about like historical figures he's really good like he's really funny yeah um, the reason why i was bringing that up is because what's being described here in this case is a reality i just don't know if he was like you said i don't know if he was one of them that's what i'm saying i'm not saying uh, you know I, i'm not a psychiatrist i'm not an expert in the shit i don't know if it exists i think if it exists um, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, it is outlandish, but the human mind is a weird place, and weirder shit has happened. Yeah. I'm just saying, if it does exist, it's probably much rarer than you would think. Because I think for a time, because Zach is saying it's like you know suddenly becomes trendy. I think it was trendy for a time because of Sybil and because of other things that people were kind of. It was very much in the cultural consciousness at the time. So I kind of feel like a lot of people maybe got diagnosed with it when maybe they had other issues. That didn't have, and I'm not saying that Billy Milligan didn't have mental health issues. He absolutely did, and I'm not saying that he didn't go through horrible abuse as a child because I imagine he probably did. Um, at least according to his other family members, uh, his stepfather was a real piece of shit. So even though you know the stepfather denied ever doing anything, but of course he's going to. He's not going to admit it, is he? But um, you know, I'm just I'm just saying I don't know in this particular case if he actually did genuinely have DID. Or if he was just using that as a convenient way to avoid responsibility for things. I'm not saying that he's not mentally ill, because he was. But I'm just saying I don't think, I don't know if it was that particular thing. And it's not, it seems not really clear, because I've seen, I've seen both things. They seem to suggest on the Netflix documentary, and I could be mis, maybe I misheard this. But they seem to be suggesting that he was not aware of the other personalities until after they caught him and then they started like playing tapes for him like back and telling him about it like he seemed to know kind of that there was but he seemed alarmed when because he said something to the effect of, of oh is that the people that these ladies that lady says live inside me like almost like he didn't know about it like what are they doing in there so from everything that I've read, it seemed like his other alleged personalities knew about one another, but he didn't know about them. But I don't know if the, if maybe I misheard that or misread or something like that, because it doesn't really seem clear whether he knew that he had other personalities and they were just like doing shit because he did complain about having like amnesia or like missing time, which yeah. like I said, is is one thing that they look for when they look for that diagnosis when you you know, you wake up days later and you're somewhere and you don't have any idea how you got there because one of your other personalities was driving, yeah. essentially. Ben Frail's in there saying that what I was talking about, he said he's saying it may be Operation Monarch. I might have to look into that. That Soviet Union and the United States were both working on that damn technology with making those kids into multiples. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for something like... Because, like I said, you're what you're... Essentially, what you were trying to do is you're trying to encourage dissociation. Yeah. So to encourage dissociation, you would have to do something really, really, really horrible yeah, to somebody. Yeah, what they were doing to them. You know? And evidently they got it. So they would just check yeah. out. Yeah. They got the idea from the Germans that saw it happening in orphanages. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fucked up, man. Yeah. Fucked up. So, uh, so yeah. So, as I mentioned, uh, you know, because 
Milligan was in the hospital and they were giving him a lot of privileges, uh, people were, didn't really love that. And like I said, it really did seem like because it was so big in the media at the time, like a lot of people were complaining they said he was faking or, you know, you know, he shouldn't be running around loose because he's clearly a rapist, so they shouldn't be giving him all these privileges and letting him run around. Um, you know, they would let him go, like I said, they would let him sell his artwork and make money, and it's like they would let him drive around, like he, he had a party at the hospital. Now, apparently, uh, and this should have probably surprised no one, but evidently he, I don't know if it was full-on sexual assault, but he did get into trouble at, at the Athens Mental Hospital for uh, attacking, molesting, something like that, some of the other patients, the, the women patients, which I don't know why they were letting him run around loose, like I said, but uh, that's what happened. So he did eventually get sent up to the uh, other uh, mental hospital lima state hospital for the criminally insane which like i said they didn't want to send him there at first because they thought it was a shithole um but he acted bad at the at the nicer one so they eventually did end up sending him up there um and not surprisingly yeah billy didn't love it up there he called it a chamber of horrors uh that hospital eventually uh became a prison in 1980 and so Billy was transferred to yet another place, uh, the Dayton Forensic Center. And then he was sent on to the Central Ohio Psychiatric Hospital. And through this time, it seems as though, because he was being bounced back and forth through, like, to different mental hospitals for about, like, a period of, like, seven or eight years. And like I said, in the early days, he did have a lot of privileges. Like, they kind of just let him walk around, like, unsupervised a lot of the time. But evidently, after the seven or eight years and after going back and forth from hospital to hospital, um, they determined that probably uh, his personalities had pretty much all fused and he was no longer a danger to society. Now, they didn't let him out, not quite yet. He got transferred back to Athens, the original mental hospital. Um... And he was in there for a little while, and then I believe that they let him out in 1988, although he was still under, like, supervision until 1991. However, there were some uh, bumps in the road. Um, for example, there was, uh, there was a time where he was in Athens and he was, like, driving a truck, because, like I said, they kind of just let him run around loose, and somebody in the truck with him, like, was shooting at people randomly, hmm. like, out. So I'm just like, well, that's great. Um, now, while he was in the Central Ohio Psychiatric Hospital in 1986, he actually escaped from there. And he left a bunch of videotapes for, like, n for the news outlets and stuff at the bus station in Columbus. And he was, like, complaining about how shitty they were to him at the hospital, like, how he's being treated bad. So there was that. Um, and for a time, actually with the help of his brother Jim, because he actually talked about this extensively, like on the Netflix show, but he actually ran away to Washington State, to Bellingham, and he opened a business there, like a hot tub business, <laughs> with two other guys. 
like you do. And he went under a pseudonym. Like, he changed his name because it was, you know, you could do that a lot easier back then. He got new ID. Like, he got a new social security card and everything like that under the name Christopher Carr. Hmm. And he was just, like, under a total different identity. He started a business and everything. And so he's, like, running around the fucking country. So he was in Washington State for a while. And then, like, he went down to California for a little while. And then, like, he went to Miami. Um, And the thing about it was that for a while, back in 1990, I believe it was, like, 1990 or 1991, uh, because he was kind of famous and he was doing, like, run around in California, even though he escaped from a mental hospital, for Christ's sake, and he was running around the country loose, James Cameron was was wanted to make a movie about him. Hmm. And he met with him. Damn. Like, they even went to Ohio together, I think. Him and James Cameron. Like, in 1991. Like, he was going to buy the rights to the story, and he was going to make a movie about it, and he was apparently, like, really, really stoked. And he, like, met him, and he was, like, running around. And they said that for a long time, um, Billy was, like, kind of living the Hollywood lifestyle, man. Like, he was down in Hollywood, like, and he had all this money suddenly. Hot babes. Yeah, like, hot babes, like, a nice car, and, like, all this other kind of shit. And, um, but it turned out what happened was that this other woman who I guess had written or had co-written, uh, I don't remember if it was the Daniel Keyes book or if it was something else, but she came out and said that she actually had the rights to Billy Milligan's story and that she, and that James Cameron or that the production company, I think it was Fox would have to pay her like $1.5 million. And Fox was like, nah. And James Cameron's like, nah, not worth it. So that whole project fell through. Now, I believe later on, I think in like 2014, 2015, they were going to make a a movie about him called The Crowded Room, and Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be in it. But I think that fell through too. However, I think they're still going to do like a fictional, I think it's a series now, and I think they are actually shooting it at Hmm. this point. And Tom Holland... Uh, otherwise known as like the new Spider-Man, uh, he's playing Billy Milligan. I think it's only just going to be loosely based on him, though. I don't think right. it's going to be like super like hardcore. So yeah, so this motherfucker, he gets transferred to all these psychiatric hospitals. They give him all these privileges, and he escapes anyway. Now, after he escaped in 1986, what? Seeing when's the time to do commercial break? Well, okay. You got time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, got, yeah. you know, and, I mean, we can't be on too much longer because I got to yeah. go to bed soon. It's yeah. like quarter past. We'll read that shit. Well, I know. That's what I'm doing. We got to play commercials, though, too. Well, do you want to do commercials now? Do commercials now. And then do commercials now, and then we'll go back. Okay, we'll do some commercials, people. All right, and then we'll be back in a few minutes because, yeah, like yeah. I said, I don't have too much left because, yeah. you know, I got to get up early tomorrow, so I don't yeah. want to go too long. But, yeah, all right, so we're going to do a couple commercials, and then we'll be <coughs> right back in just a second. All right, we're back again. I actually have a little bit less left than I thought because it's like there's a couple pages, but I already said all that stuff. So, so I'm just I just got like this one little page here. So, um, so yeah, so he's fucking loose and running around. Now, in 1986, I believe when he was in Bellingham, Washington, and Mr. ADA just pointed out something really interesting that I had totally forgotten about. Bellingham, Washington, Kenneth Bianchi, who was one of the Hillside Stranglers. Uh, he, who also faked multiple personalities, like he tried unsuccessfully to pull that shit at his trial. He committed his last murders in Bellingham. That's right. He did. So there's another fucking link up right there. Cause like I said, he also tried to do that whole 
multiple personality thing, but it didn't work in his case. Jen Allen says, I love when one channel I watch uh, shouts out another channel I watch. I'm assuming she means like I, when I was talking about Simon Whistler. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that guy. He's awesome. I was I was actually listening to uh, his show about this on my in the car on the way home from work today. <laughs> and it was like funny as shit. It was like an hour long. <coughs> so in 1986, I believe when he was in Washington, you know, after he had escaped and everything. And while he was going under the alias Christopher Carr, he had, he lived in an apartment with a roommate um, whose name was, I think, Michael Madden. Now, Michael Madden was last seen on September 15th, 1986, and has not been seen since. Hmm. He disappeared. Interestingly, the last time he was seen alive by their landlord, he and a Billy were arguing. Hmm. Also, after Michael Madden disappeared, Billy, because uh, they had a joint account, like because they had a business or something like that, Billy um, cashed a couple of Michael Madden's disability checks. Yeah, he killed him. And sold his car. Yeah, he killed him. Claiming that, oh, he owed me some money. So this yeah. is just kind of like, well, yeah, everybody is pretty sure, allegedly, yeah. that he killed uh, like he it. killed Mike. Yeah, and they, they even had like cops on Netflix going, "Yeah, we're pretty sure he killed that motherfucker." Like yeah. they don't know, they, but they don't have any proof. They don't have a body. Mm-hmm. Now they said that they did find um, either in the apartment or where? What is it? I, I can't remember where it was now. It's, I think mm-hmm. it was in the apartment, but they did find Michael Madden, or no, like in a suitcase that or a box or something that um, that some of um, Billy's shit was in. Um, they found a pair of glasses, which looked very much like the glasses that Michael Madden wore, uh, and the lenses were busted out of them, and there was a little bit of blood on them. But obviously, like, not enough blood that it would be, you'd know that the person was dead, and they never did find the body. Hmm. Um, but they don't know where that dude is. But like I said, that's, you know, they, they didn't have a body, so they couldn't do anything. Maybe figure they, out who he was. Maybe, or or I kind of feel like, because a bunch of people said that, um, and even people that knew him, people that talked to him, like his family members, um, his brother and sister were very, you know, because they talked to them extensively on the Netflix show, they were very sympathetic toward him, but they knew that he had problems, and they're like, and they're not excusing his behavior. Right. They're like, we're like, we know that he had mental illness, and we know that he was treated horribly, and stuff like that, but that doesn't excuse, like, all the shit that he did. And they both said, and a bunch of people that knew him said that he was very manipulative, and that's kind of, like, something that he would do, was that he would kind of, like, wangle his way into your life and then, like, start taking your money and, like, all this other kind of stuff. So they think that maybe what happened with the roommate, because the roommate was uh, a veteran, was, like, a military veteran, and was disabled. Um, I'm not sure what the disability was, but they got, like, disability checks, right? So they got that every month. And, um... And he would cash them, like, and he, so he was basically, like, taking the dude's money. So they speculate that maybe the dude was like, hey, where's my check, or, you know, why are you taking my money? And then maybe he's like, well, maybe I should just bump this dude off and hmm. take all the rest of his shit. Because then, like, after he was gone, like, he sold his car and all this other kind of stuff and got money with it. Now, notably, it's, it's weird because they mentioned this on the Netflix documentary, but I didn't see any other videos mention it. They think that he might have killed another guy, too. Hmm. 
uh, whose name was Dewan, but I can't remember what his last name was. But he was like a friend of his, uh, evidently. And that guy disappeared too, and they never did find that dude's body either. And they knew, they suspected that Billy maybe had something to do with it because they knew they were acquainted, but they didn't have any proof in that case either. So that's two murders that he's suspected of. And interestingly, before he died, uh, they had his, I believe it was his niece, and she was talking on the show, and she said that he told her before he died, he's like, you know, do you think... She said that he said something like, do you think that God can forgive someone like me? And she's like, sure, you know, God can forgive anybody. And he's like, well, I've done really bad things. Like, I've killed two people. Okay. So he's talking like, about apparently he told his niece that, according to her. So there's that. Now, as I mentioned, he was released from Athens, the hospital, in 1988. But he was still, like, being monitored. Like, they did catch him again, like, because he was running around the country. But they caught him again, like, they caught him in Miami. And they put him back in the hospital for a little while. But he was just under supervision. Like, he, he was like an outpatient type of thing. Like, he just had to come in every so often. But then in 1991, evidently, even though, I mean, he's still a rapist. And even though they kind of suspected, but couldn't prove it, that he had maybe killed at least one and possibly two people... They determined that he was no longer a danger. So 1991, they basically just, like, let him out, and they didn't, you know, and he didn't have to go in for, like, for checkups anymore or anything like that. And for that time period, like, he disappeared for a while. They don't know where he was, like, during all that time. For maybe, like, a decade. Now, it turned out that his sister, Kathy Joe, she had um, a house with a little bit of land, and she was kind of worried about him. Like I said, she's a sister, you know. And she bought, like, kind of like a trailer, and she put it on her land, and he apparently, like, lived in it, like, for the last week. Because he got diagnosed with cancer in 2012. And um, so he lived in this trailer, like, with her and her family uh, for the last couple years of his life. I believe he died in 2014 uh, when he was 59 years old. And he looked pretty bad like at the end because they did show some pictures of him but so yeah as i mentioned um you know daniel keys have wrote a book about it and he wrote like another follow-up book called the milligan wars and that was published in 1994 uh but was not published in the united states like it was published in a bunch of other countries but the thing about it was that i guess it wasn't released in the u.s because there was some litigation about um again billy milligan uh getting money for selling paintings selling book rights selling that kind of thing there was like all kind of controversy about that and the weird thing about it too was that after he got out even though i mean okay technically he was sent there like at trial like he was sent to a mental health facility right because they're like okay not guilty by reason of insanity so you go to a mental health facility Later on, the state of Ohio was trying to, like, make him pay for all of the time that he had spent in mental health facilities, <coughs> which seems a little weird. So they were trying, so he had to declare bankruptcy, like, later on, because they said he owed, like, a half a million dollars or something like that, like, from all the, and I'm just like, I never heard of that, ever. Like, usually if they send you there, you'd think that, well it's on their dime i would think you know what i mean it's not like i just went there and i would pay for it but i don't know like obviously nobody ever uh paid ever nobody paid for it because he didn't have the money 
So, uh, yeah, so as I mentioned, uh, James Cameron was going to make a movie about it. That never worked out. But I believe that they are making a series that's kind of loosely based on him with Tom Holland. And as I mentioned, the M. Night Shyamalan movie Split from 2016, uh, the character of Kevin Crumb is based on Billy Milligan and uses a lot of the same Series. terminology. That's, they're probably going to make it kind of like that Dexter series. I wonder. Something like that. Which I love that series. That was good. I wouldn't mind seeing that again. I still have to start that up again, aren't they? They did start that up again. Okay. Like they had a new season, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, maybe it's no good. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I heard it was okay, but what, I haven't. I haven't really seen what it. What platforms at all? Um, I can't remember. <coughs> you think There's, it'd be on Netflix? Yeah, you would think that, but I don't think it is though. Good. But I'd have to check. I don't remember where they put it. But um, but yeah. So. So I don't know what's going to happen with that Tom Holland thing, but I think it's going to be on, it's like 10 episodes or something like that. So it's like a mini series. And, uh, so I don't know what's, I was going to say one more thing and then I forgot what it was when you were saying about Dexter, it reminded me of something and okay. now I can't remember what Shit, it I was. Fuck up the show, people. You fucked it up. <laughs> you always like, well, you always like say something and then I just like lost my train of thought. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, so if you have Netflix, uh, this documentary is actually pretty interesting. <coughs> um, but, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Yeah, you see? One thing that, well, it didn't have anything to do with Dexter, though. One thing, and a, and a couple of the people on the documentary like brought this up as well. And I kind of feel like, you know, maybe we're feeding into this whole thing. But because Billy Milligan and his multiple personality thing, whether it was real or not, became such a media sensation, um, I feel like people kind of, like, forgot about the victims. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I'm sitting there saying they're just, like, letting him run around living the Hollywood lifestyle. I mean, they didn't let him run around. He escaped, to be fair. Yeah. But even when he was in the hospital at first, they gave him, like, all these privileges, and they just, like, let him run around. I'm like, he's a rapist, though. Yeah. And the thing about it was that he was really... He seemed really good at manipulating people like to get what he wanted and he was able to convince a large number of people whether it was true or not that he genuinely was not a threat because he genuinely did not he wasn't aware um of his other personalities getting up to these shenanigans hmm. while he was asleep or whatever like while he wasn't on the spot now i don't know how i feel about that because like even if even if it was true that he had all these other personalities in there, they're out there like committing crimes and he wasn't aware of it. I'm like, yeah, but you don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem fair to punish somebody that didn't know anybody, anything about it. But then on the other hand, it's like, you never know when he's going to like pop into a different personality and go around doing shit like no, that. You got to incarcerate somebody like that. That's what I mean. So yeah. it's just kind of like, and it's I mean, really, society, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like, they probably did the best thing they could have done, like putting him in a mental health facility. Cause clearly he had mental health issues. It's not, you know what I mean? So I don't think that was, I think he would have done better there than prison, but I don't think they should have necessarily just let him run around loose like that. Yeah. Because he didn't, he didn't reoffend rapes again, but he killed people after that. Allegedly. Allegedly. Seems to, seems to have killed some people. I mean, I would be very surprised yeah. if he didn't at least kill that Michael Madden guy. Because he was one the last person that he was seen with, and he was arguing, and he cashed checks and sold his car after he was dead. Goes back to what I was saying on other shows. 
A serial killer is nothing more than just a serial rapist that kills the victim. If you do three of them, you're a fucking serial rapist. And, and basically the same kind of person as a serial killer. You might, you're going to evolve into that if you let that person just do what he wants for long right. enough. Especially if you send him to prison. Then he comes back out, he's going to start killing people, which is kind of what he did. Yeah. Um, so, no. Even though he seems like he killed the people for a different reason. It seems like a very different reason. But... but there's no telling what happened. Maybe he killed right. female victims in different ways to, to, to cover his tracks. Maybe it looked like something else. You know, he may have killed some women too. That's um, what I'm saying because they kind of yeah. after he got, you know, t- like released from state custody in 1991, they kind of lost track of him for maybe like a decade. Like even uh, his family and stuff didn't know where he was. So it's like. And the fact that those two dudes that he allegedly <coughs> killed, they never found their bodies. They still haven't. Yeah. So. So the women would have been disposed of. So he might way. have killed other people. Yeah. And they just don't know about it yet. Yeah. It's a, a serial rapist and a serial killer is the same kind. It's the same thing. You catch a serial rapist, he should never be released. Crazy or not. That's his sexual orientation. I mean, either put him in prison or put him in a hospital. Forever, right, yeah. He should never be released. I mean, I'm not arguing with their decision to put him in a mental health facility. I think that's that's probably where he should be, but I don't think they should have let him out. I don't think they should have let him. Even if if he's okay, which I kind of doubt it, even if he was, no, you should still be in there for life. It's just a risk. You're a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Ben says, uh, I brought this up like a long time ago, but maybe you weren't here. How did he actually get caught for the rapes? Did someone recognize him, fingerprints or DNA? Um, two of those things. Uh, the victims recognized him from a mugshot because he had been arrested before, uh, for sexual assault and for robbery, like when he was a minor and, uh, his fingerprints were in the car. And also when they searched his house, um, they found some of the girls' stuff. Like, they found their credit cards yeah. and, like, jewelry and stuff like that that he had taken from them. So they knew it was him. He just claimed that he didn't remember what was going on and why he was arrested and stuff like that. But, yeah, all the women identified him very easily, picked him out of a lineup, and his fingerprints. Serial killers usually start off as peeping toms, and then people that invade homes. And then rape people, they become serial rapists. And then they usually do some time for that. And then when they get out, they decide they're not going to let the victim live. And then they become serial killers. That's the very basic pattern. They don't all fit that. Each one's an individual. But it's it, it's always a pattern of escalation. And, it, it's, a, and it's, it's definitely sexual. It's a sexual orientation. It's rape, basically. That's what it is. Yeah. This guy was unusual, like I said, in the sense that, um, you know, the rapes, he didn't kill the women. I mean, he did kidnap them and shit like that, but he just, like, let it. Apparently, he didn't cover up his face or nothing like that because they recognized him. But then, later on, when he allegedly killed people, um, they think that he killed the two guys that he killed for different reasons. Like, that was more like a robbery kind of thing and when he raped the women he robbed them as well like because it seemed like mostly he was a robbery guy was the main thing you know yeah and the three rapes that he did now he did another one too when he was a minor like when he was 17 that's why they had him on file you know what I mean? yeah all right so we've been going for 
two hours. That was a good show. And eight minutes. That was a good show. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be, and like I said, I actually had time to do like a lot of research on yeah. this one, and I thought, thought found it really interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Michael said, "You guys are easy to shop for black goth shirts." Yeah, pretty yeah. much. We make these though. I make these. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we made both. Yeah, we made both yeah. of these. Like I des I designed this one. Yeah, she designs them. Like, I execute. Yeah. This is something I made for. We made for a client. Too. Yeah. That was yeah. for a, that's for a goth music YouTube channel called yeah. Obscura Undead. Yeah. Yeah. Our friend our friend um, uh, Sherry is on there a lot. Sherry Mouse. Yeah. She was one of the original members. That's really right. good. With one of the few black goth girls in the scene. She's a DJ from up in uh, uh, Tampa. Cute as a bug. Married this dude that we knew. Yeah, she DJs a lot of the shows DJs over there. Yeah. At, uh, in Tampa, yeah. actually. You can look her up. Sherry Mouse. S-H-E-R-I-M-A-U-S on yeah. Facebook. You'll see who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's super nice, too. Yeah. All right. So I guess we're going to wrap it up so I can go to bed. Yeah, Because yeah, i got to yeah. get up real early tomorrow. We've been up since 5. I'm, actually, we are we did good, I think. We're, mm-hmm. still, we're still awake. Yeah. And kind of perky. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys can join us again on Friday night for the Sidetracks show. Um, I think Memento Mori is Friday, this Friday. We can do some. Yeah, we can do But that. we'll see. But, yeah, so we'll be back on Friday night for the Sidetracks show. Thank you for dropping by and hanging out with us this evening. Hopefully you found the show interesting. Please like and share and comment and all that good stuff for the algorithm. And we will see you guys again on Friday night. Good night.